Hey everyone, welcome into the Grace One Daily Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson. Today is going to be a verse by verse episode with none other than Dr. R.B. Maynard. Welcome in, Dr. R.B. Maynard. Yeah, it's good to be back again. It's Ooh. been a little while this time. How about what would you like, Kelly Stevens' old punch pad? Ooh. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to you, Kelly Stevens, all the yes. way up there in heaven or wherever it is. I'm not sure. We'll figure it out I, someday. He's probably too busy to be listening to us today. <laughs> Come on, Kelly. Hopefully he says, Lord, can I just dial in there for just a few minutes? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Hey, we're so grateful that you're joining us today. Verse by verse, Dr. RB, his life's, you know, been busy lately. He's a real estate mogul in the Southwest Missouri area. He's also getting ready to get a body transplant here pretty soon. Yes, so yes, <laughs> I hope they don't tell him not to mess with your brain, you know, yeah, or anything know. like that. You know, I, I saw the, the, I think it was young Frankenstein or one of those where he went into, they were going to do the brain transplant and he went in and picked out the one that was the name on it was Abby Normal. That was the brainy guy. So that's probably <laughs> what's happened to me at some point. All right. Verse by verse, we just dive into the word. We haven't done it for a little bit. Hopefully you're yep. still in the word. You're in the Bible yourself. As we're roaring into the the year, here's what's scary. As I'm, I'm getting ready for this Sunday at our local church, Grace Point, is uh, we got to start talking about Easter. Oh, man. <laughs> How scary is that? Yeah. Well, like, holy cow, we got to start talking about Easter. It's springtime coming, so that's always a good yeah. thing. I feel like the first quarter of the year always whips by really, really fast. Mm-hmm. It's like January, you're kind of praying and thinking about the year, and it's like February, March, mm-hmm. Easter. Yeah. Yeah. Bam. And we're just getting older, Dr. RB, you know. I know. Falling one step apart. at a time. Falling apart. So anyway. All right. Where are we at? We're in First Kings. First Kings twenty two eight. First Kings twenty two eight, and you can make sure as uh, if you're watching on Facebook Live, we're always on there. You can give us a reaction if you'd like to, or chime in with us today. Okay, we ready? Yes, sir. Let's go. Well, we're, we've missed a little bit, so you know, again, always in the middle of a story. But uh, this is uh, uh, Jehoshaphat who's looking for a prophet, and and we'll see. He kind of wants a prophet that's going to tell him what he wants to hear. So. Uh, very relevant to today. We've talked about a lot of prophets uh, that gave false prophecies over these last few months about elections and COVID and different things. So, so uh, I think the Bible's always fitting, whether it's Old Testament or New Testament. So, yeah. if you listen, quick promo for the Modern Christian Dudes podcast. We did cover that a little bit yesterday. Uh, Jeremiah Johnson came out with a statement. Oh yeah, uh, he was the one a prophet. Mm-hmm. He's little bit of a rival in ministry, if you will. Um, you know, I know my ministry is a little bit different, a little bit better, if right, you will. But right. anyway, he came out, I thought, a very good statement. Churchleaders.com, uh, Jeremiah Johnson, talking about how uh, he felt that if Trump would have won, that mm-hmm. there would have been an almost an arrogance that have would uh, have arisen in the prophets that would have been mm-hmm. negative, And it was kind of like a God's grace and rebuke to Mm-hmm. The prophets and very well, maybe uh, he really did a good article. So I don't, I don't remember the name article, but uh, Jeremiah Johnson Ministry, not Jeremiah Johnson, the other Jeremiah Johnson, talking about that. So hmm. very, good, very good thoughts and comments. Yep. Okay, here we go. The king of Israel answered Jehoshaphat, "There is still one man through whom we can inquire of the Lord, but I hate him because he never prophesies anything good about me, but always bad." He is Micaiah, son of Imlah. The king should not say that, Jehoshaphat replied. So, and, and this is one of those things, uh, you know, people say things like, uh, uh, 
my wife never tells me she loves me, <laughs> you know, and that's not, that's that exaggeration, you know, such and so never happens. Well, it does. And in this case, it had happened. There had been good prophecies uh, that, uh, that he had prophesied. He told him he'd be victorious over Ben Hadad, and that happened. And so, uh, what verse it, was that again? You're on twenty-two eight. Twenty-two eight. Got it. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so, I, I mean, he, he never does such and so uh, is a statement that we've made. You know, I never feel good. Well, you know, you probably do at some point or whatever. But uh, and then, uh, you know, we remember the bad things, which is unfortunate. You know, we remember that. Well, he never prophesies anything good. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe the majority of the time. It's kind of like saying uh, the Golden State Warriors never win. (laughs) Well, they do sometimes, just not the the Lakers. Yeah, not the championship. mm -hmm. Well, they did. Funko Pop LeBron in the back right there. Right there. They did beat them (laughs) earlier in the season, if you remember. So, anyway. Um, But we remember the bad thing, and and, and he makes a statement that kings shouldn't say that. In other words, you should not be disrespectful of the prophet and and i look at that you know i know we're talking about prophets here but this is not all about prophets it's about those that are in in a leadership position Uh, you could plug that right into the pastor you shouldn't say that but instead we get caught up in uh, you know uh if somebody were to say something bad about you and i I, you know i can't imagine Mm -hmm. that they ever would but you know instead of me saying oh you shouldn't you shouldn't be talking about the pastor like that. You know, well, we're, our temptation would be more, yeah, I know he kind of is like that. You know, I mean, we want to kind of agree, but not agree instead of, but this guy mm-hmm. comes right out and just says, you know, you shouldn't <laughs> be talking like that. And that's, we could stop a lot of this if we had that kind of an attitude. Of, yeah. Let's not talk about that, you know. So twenty-two nine. so the king of Israel called one of his officials and said, bring Micaiah, son of Imlaw, at once, and he had been in prison, so you're bringing him back out of prison. Uh, I'm not sure exactly the reason, probably because he hadn't prophesied what he, what they want him to. You know, we have pastors who go to prison, prophets who go to prison because of what they've said. Uh, probably the case here. 22.10, dressed in their royal robes, the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, were sitting on their thrones at the threshing floor by the entrance of the gate of Samaria with all the prophets prophesying before them, and this it sounds a little weird that it's thrones at the threshing floor, but the threshing floor was a, a place that was big enough that people could uh, gather around and all these prophets could be there. And this was a threshing floor that, um, it, in other words, you might look at that and say, well, isn't that kind of like a devi- defiled place? Why wouldn't they be meeting in the holy temple? But for whatever reason, they say that this was a, a um, threshing floor that had never been used as a threshing floor. They built it for that, and then I don't know if these guys came along and said, hey, we want to buy this and use it for a meeting place, or I don't know how it all transpi- transpired, but the, mm. that it hadn't been used for um, a threshing floor at some point. So these prophets all get together and says they're all prophesying at once. I don't, I don't think this is like mass confusion. It's not like you know there's 50 prophets and they're all talking at the same time and you're trying to figure out who to listen to. This is a... a probably a prophetic it'd probably be an interesting thing you know if if we showed up to church and there were 50 prophets here and one of them spoke and then the other one said well that may be true but you know but i think this 
adds to that. Or mm-hmm. so this was a discussion kind of thing. Part of the uh, some of the Jewish writings are that way. They have uh, a scripture, and then below that they have like three different rabbis or whatever that that have commentary on it. And they don't always necessarily agree with each other. They're just like any commentary, but they have it all put into one book, if you would, so you can mm. look and see what all three of those would would comment on that uh, particular piece of scripture. But um, 11, now Zedekiah, son of Kenana, had made iron horns, and he declared, this is what the Lord says. With these you will gore the Arameans until they are destroyed. The horns were... Um, emblems of power and might, so this is like a visual aid. Uh, The ox was a symbol for the tribe of Joseph, and Ahab was from the tribe of Joseph, so you're talking about all these guys. Uh, In Deuteronomy, it talks about Moses, when he was um, blessing the tribe of Joseph, it says, the firstborn of his ox is his glory, and his horns are the horns of a wild ox. With them he will gore the nations together from the ends of the earth. And this says, uh, with in this verse 11, with these horns you will gore the Armenians until they are destroyed. And so it's um, sometimes these guys are speaking words. It's not like they went and looked up, well, I wonder what Deuteronomy says, and I think I'll quote that. Mm-hmm. That's the prophetic. A lot of people think prophetic is just like you read something and then you go out and make it happen. Uh, I, yeah. The prophetic mostly was they didn't realize. Well, it's like looking for Jesus to be the Messiah. But then when it happened, some people didn't, still don't think he was the Messiah. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, the the whole prophetic thing gets a little messed up. Verse twelve. All the other prophets were prophesying the same thing: attack Ramoth Gilead and be victorious. They said, for the Lord will give it into the king's hands. So this is. Uh, Zedekiah had said that, that they should attack, and that's what this was all about. Should we attack? Should we attack? Uh, Asking for advice. 13 and 14, the messenger who had gone to summon Micaiah said to him, Look, as one man, the other prophets are predicting success for the king. Let your word agree with theirs and speak favorably. But Micaiah said, As surely as the Lord lives, I can tell him only what the Lord tells me. They may have thought that uh, he would speak a negative word because, you know, he didn't like uh, Ahab. So, you know, somebody would come to me and say, hey, would you, uh, you know, would you get up and uh, say something about Pastor Jeremiah this week? And they may be thinking, I'll bet you he'll, he'll, he'll say something mean and nasty because He's mad. I, I talked to him the other day, and he's mad about something that Pastor Jeremiah did. So, mm-hmm. so we're going to take this opportunity to let him vent <laughs> and get back. I mean, yeah. that's that's kind of you know these guys. We think when we hear about people being prophets or pastors or whatever the title might be, we think that that means they were these great men of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I sat here and said I was a prophet, immediately most people would think about that in a good light like oh he has that gift and man i'm really interested in what rick has to say because he's a prophet yeah and we look at that but these guys not all these prophets and we know it today i mean because of again we've seen all these prophecies that were on youtube that didn't come to pass yeah and personally i haven't seen a lot of them get back on there and say 
well, you know, that didn't come to pass because this and because of this. It's kind of like that all just kind of went away. Yeah. You know, I would think you ought to have to get up and publicly say, (laughs) well, you know, I missed it or I I don't know. But, um, uh, But anyway, maybe he'll use this opportunity to get back. And this, please say something good. I mean, isn't that... A lot of we call it cotton candy theology, where and I won't mention I won't mention names, but we have pastors who never say, "If you do this, you'll go to hell." Right. We we just there's not much of that, especially in televangelism and and those kind of things. You just don't hear the negative side of things. Um, you know, the whole thing about God's provision, God does provide, but we know in other countries there mm-hmm. are people, there are good Christians who starve to death, there are good Christians who are martyred, you know, and we, well, God will protect us. Well, God does protect us. He's He's holding us. Kelly Stevens didn't make it, but he's still protected. I mean, he's, he's in God's hands now, mm-hmm. so what better protection or whatever? But um, but anyway, the, we, we want something good, and I— it's like, you know, here a while back, and you've done this too, where you felt like God just needed you to call somebody out to to pray over them or to speak a word over them. Um, I don't know that speaking a bad word would be a good thing for the public. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, hey, Rick, I know what you've been doing, and yeah. I'm going to tell the congregation here. And <laughs> I don't know about that. But, but you know, a lot of times when that happens, especially with, with uh, people maybe who would come here who would say they had the gift of prophecy, who they were a prophet. Mm-hmm. And they begin, and you've seen it, I've seen it many times, they begin to call people out of the congregation. Yeah. Know, there's somebody here who, whatever, you know, suffering from depression. Well, number one, I was always skeptical about that anyway, because chances are, <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's somebody in the congregation suffering with depression. Um, there's somebody uh, with a headache. Well, chances are in a hundred people, somebody has a headache. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't mean to, to be critical. Well, I am being critical. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's people who play the game. Yep. Showman, the showman, mm-hmm. showmanship. Yeah. And ministry. So, we can get caught up in. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, you know, but what I'm saying is there are people in the congregation who would say, man, I hope they speak a word over me. Yeah. Well, why is that? Because they're always speaking a good word. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I hope he says something good to me. <laughs> and then there's probably people yeah. like, I hope he don't say nothing about me. I hope God didn't reveal anything about me, you know. <laughs> but but we want to hear something good. Yeah. I mean, I don't want I don't want the prophet to tell me you're not living your life right and if you don't get things straight, you're not going to live a long life and God's going to get you for that, you yeah. know. <laughs> we want to hear something good. I mean, and then the other the other part of that and especially if you look at our our times right now, and I think that's part of the reason why some of these prophets they they wanted to prophesy that Trump would win or whatever because they felt like that's good news for the Christians. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an encouraging word for the Christians. They they want well, we got enough bad news. Yeah, I want to prophesy good news. Yeah, and and I've heard um, one of the evangelists that. Um, talks everything's good and somebody talked to him asked him about that one time well why is that and he said 
well, there's enough preachers who are preaching, you know, hellfire and brimstone that I want to, I'm going to cover the other side and let them cover that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I'm not sure that's the, the right way, but let me, this is, and, and this is nothing new. Second Timothy four, this is one through four. It says, I charge thee therefore before God and for the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be instant, be instant, wait a minute, back up, preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all suffering and doctrine, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and shall turn away their eyes from the truth, and shall be turned into or unto fables." Uh, quick and the dead are those that are the li- alive and dead, those before judgment, after judgment, whatever, everyone, in, in other words. But isn't that so true? The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust, in other words, what I want to hear, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to go find the guy that says, well, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Itching ear is a, a symbolic thing for what what feels good. I'm going to talk about what what yeah. feels good to me, and it's that again cotton candy theology. Everything's yep. everything's good. That's what we were talking about the other day. The subject matter of being not ashamed, mm-hmm. but then the one scripture I found was not ashamed of the gospel, but and who rightly correctly handles the word of truth. Uh-huh. Talking about how important, you know, that we handle the word of truth correctly is very right. very important thing. Right. Well, uh, the one scripture says. Uh, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set, set you free. Well, the truth that sets you free is the truth that you know. Yeah. You know, people like to, well, I, I've got I've got truth in me or whatever, so that's that's where I'll get my freedom. Not if you don't have the truth in you, because it mm-hmm. says the truth you know, that's what yeah. sets you free. Yep. You don't just get it. You need the truth in your life to set you free in this, and shall be turned unto fables. I yep. mean, what are fables? They're false stories, made up yep. stories. It's another word for a lie, I guess, but I think a fable is more of a instead of just a little white lie, it's a story. Yeah. Making a big story out of something to Yeah. So you know, this shout out to Gabe Royer and Stella Maynard. Oh. Dialing in right now. Wow. Man. Your wife. We got two fans. <laughs> I don't, don't she li- she likes everything we say. That's what I always enjoy I about her. <laughs> she does. She does. Yeah. Okay. Twenty two fifteen. When he arrived, the king asked him, Micaiah, shall we go to war against Ramoth Gilead, or shall I refrain?" So he's already asked the prophets, but attack and be victorious. He answered, "For the Lord will give it under the king's hand." Now this is total sarcasm on the on the prophets' part. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not. He doesn't say, thus saith the Lord. He doesn't say, the Lord says unto you, attack and be victorious. This is, why don't you just go ahead, because you've already made up your mind anyway, you just go ahead and see how that works out for you. I mean, you know, and this is where, these are those scriptures that are exactly why you can't pull a scripture out of the word and stand on that one scripture. Yep. When you don't understand the story, if you don't understand that sarcasm, and you stop reading right there, then it looks as if, well, 
Yeah. <laughs> he, he agrees. What's the problem right. here? He agrees with the other prophets. Yeah. But this is, you know, and again, it, it's you standing up in the pulpit. Well, you know, you think uh, you can get by with with uh, being drunk all the time and and that, that doesn't affect you. Well, why don't you just go ahead? Well, people would say, oh, mm-hmm. he he agrees that drinking is okay. No, <laughs> uh, people don't get the, yeah. the sarcasm sometimes. I'm saying you just try that and see how that works out for mm-hmm. you. And that's, uh, that's what he's doing here. See how it works out. The king, 16, the king said to him, how many times must I make you swear to tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? He saw that sarcasm coming mm-hmm. from him. It's right. like, <laughs> why are you making fun of me? I, I want... And what does he say? I want the truth. Well, what had he just said? Mm-hmm. You never say anything good. You know, why don't you speak something good? Yeah. And it's like two-faced. Yeah. You know, I want it this way, but I want, you know, tell me the truth, but not the truth that's going to hurt my feelings or hurt my lifestyle or whatever the case may be. So uh, the sarcasm, uh, he's already been asked to speak the truth, and now he's mad because there's truth being spoken but um and then he says tell me nothing but the truth as if uh as if he would not tell the truth you know uh people make that statement sometimes man i'm not lying you know and start telling you something and it's like so sometimes you are lying i mm-hmm. mean that's kind of what yeah <laughs> what it sounds like but 17 then micaiah answered i saw all israel scattered on the hills like sheep without a shepherd and the Lord said, these people have no master. Let each one go in peace. So this is, you know, he's sarcastic. He says, go ahead, see how that works out for you. But then he comes back here. Now now this is the true prophecy. Okay, you want a true prophecy? Here's the true prophecy. Um, and this sheep without a shepherd is a symbolic word for uh, a, a nation in battle without a, without a leader. It's, it would be symbolic. Well, the church, a sheep without a shepherd would be a church without a pastor. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have the leadership. And I know we associate it more with the church because we are called the sheep and you're the shepherd kind of thing. But um, the the people have no master. In other words, these people are, are scattered. Um, and, and this is one of those battles where, and I'm sure we talked about it probably way back whenever the last one, but this is one of those things where neither side really wanted to fight. It was kind of a, I, I don't know, it was kind of one of those battles that they got, they kind of got roped into. You know, it's kind of like when you say, um, you know, man, I could whip that guy. And then all of a sudden there's an occasion that's like, you guys are, are <laughs> enemies, but then you're both standing mm-hmm. there like, well, I know I said a lot. I don't really want to fight. <laughs> I yeah. Mean, I don't really I don't really want to punch you in the face. Yeah. <laughs> I know we say that. That's, well, sometimes yeah. sometimes we do. <laughs> sometimes we really do, but Lord forgive us for yeah. that, but sometimes we really want to I really man, I I miss my seasons of boxing. When I was boxing, that was such a good phase of my life. Uh, yeah. Get stress out and in a healthy way, punch each other, mm-hmm. like very very good. Yeah. Yeah. I've never Every church should have a boxing so. program club <laughs> of some sort. <laughs> well, we could do uh you know, they used to do the car bash 
you set the car out there and you have a sledgehammer, oh, yeah. <laughs> you could just like write somebody's name on it. Not at the church, yeah. but you could write somebody's we name on it. We still Pastor there. Justin to do that for BGMC. Yeah. yeah. Pastor Justin, let's just smash your car. Yeah. I think, I think <laughs> at some point, I think we did that here at the church. Set it up out here and, and the record service, you have to pay them to bring you a car, <laughs> yeah. you know. And I think it's supposed to not have any glass in it, so you don't mm-hmm. have that everywhere. But, you know, you could write somebody's name on there and then smash it with a sledgehammer. But, oh, we're, this is bad yep. advice. This is bad advice here today. See, we're just like him. We never say anything good. But yeah. Anyway, um, uh, he's, he's mad at me for telling the truth. And, uh, well, let me back up. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, didn't I tell you that he never prophesies anything good about me, but only bad? So uh, he's mad about him now because he has told the truth. <laughs> Don't you ever tell the truth? He never says anything good. Mm-hmm. Now he tells the truth. Now he's mad at him because he told the truth and it's not anything good. Didn't I tell you he never says anything good? I mean, this is yeah. this this is a, a total case of you can't make this guy happy. Whatever you do, whether he wants the truth, but he wants the truth to be good news, not bad news. Mm-hmm. So he still wants what he wants. And and Elijah had told him three years ago that his life would be taken for letting Ben Hadad go. If you know, you'd have to go back and reread the story. But he has said your life is going to be for his life. He should not have let Ben Hadad live, and he did. And he told him then that his his life would be taken for doing that. And now this hmm. is just a reminder. Didn't I tell you that he never prophesied anything good about me, but only bad? This is part of that. He prophesied that he was going to die. So, yeah, that is bad news, but it is going to come to pass too. I mean, everything hmm. that, that this prophet says comes to pass. And, again, that's how many times have we said that's how we know mm-hmm. the true prophet is what he says yeah. comes to pass. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is the bottom line to a true prophet. And we've said yeah. it before. How do you, how do you trust the prophet who's only right? Well, honestly, if they're right ninety five percent of the time and they were wrong five percent of the time, then how do I know the next time they prophesy? All I'd be able to say is, well, there's a pretty good chance it's true. You know, there's a ninety five percent chance it's true, but there's a five percent chance that it's not true. So, how can I base anything on Mm -hmm. even that i mean 95 percent in any other thing if you shot the basketball 95 percent yeah man you know you're the best in the league yeah but 95 percent as a prophet should be a (laughs) hundred percent i mean if you hit the baseball a third of the time that's pretty good percent Mm -hmm. but steph curry what was his record his right they filmed him in practice i think he hit 95 or 100 three-pointers in oh, a row yeah. a few years back. That's right. pretty cool. Free throws, you mean? Yeah. No, three-pointers. Three-pointers? Three-pointers. Really? Wow. They have it on video. Google that. Wow. I that know is, that's modern Christian dude that's stuff. That's more but. amazing. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Once you get that shoulder fixed, you're going to be back on that Grace Point court. Yeah, you won't be able to stop me then because <laughs> I want to have that artificial shoulder in and there. And he can box too, Gabe Royer. He'll be boxing, shooting hoops. Yeah. I, I hope um, maybe they'll give me like a – a transplanted shoulder from some basketball player, yeah. <laughs> you know, so I'll have superpowers. But uh, Micaiah, this 19 through 23, Micaiah continued, therefore, hear the word of the Lord. Now, this is, you know, before he just said, well, go ahead, see how that works out for you. Now he says, 
Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne with all the host of heaven standing around him on his right and on his left. Now, this is a weird uh, portion of scripture here. And the Lord said, Who will entice Ahab into attacking Ramoth Gilead and going to his death there? So that's already he said he's going to die. One suggested this and another that. Finally, a spirit came forward, stood before the Lord and said, I will entice him. By what means, the Lord asked, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouths of all the prophets, he said. You will succeed in enticing him, said the Lord. Go and do it. So now the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouths of all these prophets of yours. The Lord has decreed disaster for you. This is a really Mm. weird section of scripture because it's like, what it sounds like is, okay, God has a meeting with the angels and he's having this conversation. Okay, we need to entice him. So who's going to do that? You know, one of the angels steps forward and says, okay, I'll do that. And I'll put a lying spirit. Well, none of that really makes sense. I mean, if you, if you look at it and, and the, the two different views on this, um, or the, Anyway, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne refused to, refers to the kings on their throne ministering angels. God wouldn't ask advice from angels. God doesn't have to go to the angels and say, well, okay, guys, uh, I'm not quite sure how, you know, how we should proceed here. <laughs> so let's take a vote or whatever. So right off the bat, it's like God doesn't need advice from the angels and and then it says one suggested this and another that the angels would not be standing there you know having an argument <laughs> so there's something more to this and and it's more about uh it says a spirit came now he had gathered the angels around but a spirit came it's the same um wording the same example as it would be for uh job when Job, it says the devil came, Satan came mm-hmm. before God, and they had a conversation. This is that same type of thing. Satan is there too. So it's it's him coming forward and said, I'll, I'll do it. I'll put this spirit on them. Um, there's uh, And finally a spirit came forward. It is Satan himself. Uh, angels cannot lie or deceive. Now, some people might, if you you might want to argue that because the angels, you know, Satan left heaven and took a third of the angels with him, and mm-hmm. so they had this, and that's a whole other. I can't even get into that <laughs> theological uh, story, but anyway, but it says I will go forth as a lying spirit. I mean, we know Satan's called the father of lies. I mean, that is his. Mm-hmm. That's his deception is in lying and people believing the lie, yeah. in other words. Um, and and it says it's decreed. In other words, it will surely come to pass. Uh, it's just saying this is going to happen. I'm not for a lying spirit. I'm not. The angels didn't have a conversation. The angels didn't decide that this is the way this is going to happen. The Lord just says. Sometimes we think thus saith the Lord means the Lord agrees that mm-hmm. the Lord, yeah, you know, yeah. but sometimes thus saith the Lord is you're going to die for this. I mean, it's again, not always good news, but thus saith the Lord, boy, when somebody stands up in the church service, 
Thus saith the Lord. We used to have more of that. Right, you know? yeah. <laughs> but thus saith the Lord God Almighty, and they began to, to prophesy, you know, it's like you better be careful mm-hmm. you say thus saith the Lord, but it could be something very negative. Thus saith the Lord, this church is not going to prosper because of a lying spirit, because of whatever the case may be. Because um, we don't use the King James Bible? Right, right. <laughs> thus saith the Lord. The Lord says, get the southern uh, uh, Missouri accent in there. for. I keep telling know. that lady that comes to our church, I'm like, I'm, you keep talking about this King James. I'm the biggest King James fan there yeah, is. Really. I don't, I'm confused I here. You, I bet she knows exactly what you're talking about, too, don't you think? But anyway, uh, we better wind it up there. But this is one of those, uh, one of those stories, again, uh, very relevant for us to to think about how we like to hear the good, the victorious. Yeah. I heard somebody, I think it was Mac Evans that has the church in Joplin. I think years ago he said, you know, he was using the scripture, um, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. And, and his response was, sound like to me, you need to get out of the temple a little bit more. <laughs> Not that God forsakes. Hey, there's but. a good one. Good one. Uh, you know, our spouses as married people, we, we say you're, Sometimes your wife will say, tell me something good about uh, me. Yeah. That's hey, honey, dangerous. <laughs> tell me something bad about me today. Try that uh, one on your spouse tomorrow. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, hey, I've been how, reading scripture. Yeah, that's just like we said and, here. See how that works <laughs> out for you. <laughs> Let's each tell each other five things uh-huh. <laughs> bad about yeah. each other. I've seen TV shows like that. It uh, didn't go well. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, does this make my... Never mind. We won't yep. say that, so... Anyway, we'll wind it up. It's there. a good practice, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's pray that. Uh, we don't always pray at the end of the show. Maybe that's bad. But, Lord, we, we pray today that you would just help us to uh, listen to you, the good and the bad. Lord Jesus, you say that uh, those who you love, you rebuke. That is, there's good and there's bad things. Sometimes you correct us and have to tell us things about we need to change. And, uh, God, we want to be open to hear your voice. Uh, all of it, Lord Jesus. We want to receive all that you have for us. And so, Lord, I think all of us can acknowledge that we have walked through seasons of correction and um, course correction uh, because, Lord Jesus, we weren't right with you and we we're just wanting to go our own way. So, Lord, there we go today. We just submit ourselves to you, uh, believing that you will guide and direct our steps. We just love you. We thank you today, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. R.B. Maynard, we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>